Hi. So before the show gets going, uh, we've been asked by a number of our uh, clients, how are they doing? What's their thinking like? How are they comparing to other people uh, in the industry? So we've actually created a self-assessment form. Uh, it's really simple. You go in, you ask a, a answer a few questions uh, and at the end of it, click a button and you'll get a free report that tells you how your thinking compares to everybody else that's completed the survey. So at the end of this podcast, I'm going to be giving you that URL. So get ready for the URL that I'll give you at the end. Thanks very much. Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. So I always remember back in the day with uh, Clinton's campaign when um, he, he came up with, or one of his people came up with that wonderful phrase, which is, it's about the economy, stupid. Mm. And I've always thought to myself, yeah, that's a pretty good summary. Um, Very so succinct. I, very succinct, catchy, and all the rest of it. Uh, and I'd like to introduce to the customer experience industry, uh, actually what people should be saying is it's about the ROI, stupid. Mm. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is that um, the reason that organizations look to improve their customer experience is to get more money. It's as simple as that. Um, you know, ultimately, that's the backstop. And one of the reasons why I think organizations fail in their programs is they don't focus enough on what the ROI is. Uh, and one of the reasons why businesses don't engage with it as much as they should is because I don't think they understand the potential ROI that is out there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it can feel customer experience can feel like a very soft, squishy, feel good topic. And one of the Correct. things I appreciate to your approach to this is being very hard nose about the value to the company of doing this well. Absolutely. So I have in front of me some statistics that I particularly like. And what I thought we we're going to do today is just talk through some of these statistics uh, to give people listening some some statistics they can go and share with um, uh, with other colleagues. Um, so let me let me and we'll rattle through as many as we can. So one of the first ones I've always liked is a customer is four times more likely to defect to a competitor if the problem is price or service. Uh, so. A customer is four times more likely to defect to a, to a competitor if the problem is service related than price or product related. So mm -hmm. more people are likely to four times more people are likely to defect if it's service related rather than price or product related. And, and, and let me tell you, my daughter yesterday uh, was up in sunny Scotland and she was coming home and um, uh, she was in a um, camper van and the camper van blew a tire and the um, the AA, which is like AAA over in the States, uh, did an awful job of um, picking her up and towing the thing back and et cetera, et cetera. And the output of that is that, you know, service related, not price or product related. 
and she's never going to go back there and I'm going to end up telling 50 million people about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, um, that's one of those stats that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, no. Do we need to address the fact that you call it the AA in uh, England and it's the AAA in the US? I don't know if that means you're more efficient or if this is just another way that America is superior, that we have another A. In no, our you, no, it's just that you add a superfluous A to it. So. <laughs> hey, hey, you don't get to criticize us for superfluous letters when we spell. Yeah, so the AA is the Automobile Association. So only two A's. So there you yeah, go. but you don't even know what country that association is for. I think no, you don't. Extra. No, yeah. no. But you see, um, that's why they call it, Have you ever realized that they call those people that play golf, they call it uh, the American Open and the French Open and all those types of things. And in England, <laughs> we just call it the Open. <laughs> you don't well, have to say which country it's in. It's obvious what country it's in. <laughs> well played. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it, as we are saying earlier, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, that I mean, what what causes people to move is largely uh, emotional, and it's hard to get as emotional about a high price than about a terrible service. It often feels like people have been wronged on a personal level yep. um, when it's an experience, as opposed to just the price is being too high, which is a bummer. But maybe I'll come back later if you can fix your price. Yeah. And that leads into another wonderful statistic that I, I like, and, and he's probably just proven by the, by the fact that I've uh, just told everybody about this um, horrible experience my <laughs> daughter had, which is a dissatisfied customer will tell between 9 to 15 people about their experience. Now, I need to amend this statistic because it shouldn't be. It, it's a dissatisfied customer's father will tell between <laughs> 300,000 <000. laughs> but no i mean it's you know clearly far more people tell people about the bad experiences that they have rather than the the good and i guess some of that must tie into things like loss aversion doesn't it uh yeah i mean but there's also like just narrative reasons um bad experiences tend to make better stories um, which is good if you're trying to entertain friends at a party and terrible if you're a customer service manager or a customer experience yeah. manager because those stories are the ones that people want to tell and will remember and will spread around. So uh, another one, I have a feeling that none of these stats are going to surprise me, just depress me. I think yes. that's what this podcast is going today. It is. It's how can I depress Ryan? Um, yeah, good. So let, let me try and depress you a little bit more. I like um, for every customer complaint, there are 26 other unhappy customers who remain silent. Yeah, I'm not a complainer. Um, I will just stew bitterly yeah. um, in the corner and secretly hate you. So yes. uh, I am among those for whom the other complainers are doing the service. The Intuitive Customer Podcast is brought to you by Beyond Philosophy. Since 2002, Beyond Philosophy has been helping organizations improve their customer experience through their consulting, training, and research services. Find out more at beyondphilosophy.com. That's beyondphilosophy.com. If you think about this just from a, you know, like a pyramid perspective, people talk about customer complaints. Um, 
and um, I, 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 I was um, I always remember when I was um, back in corporate life, we had a whole conversation uh, at a meeting about what is a complaint. And that's a really interesting. Maybe we should do this mm. as a podcast, actually, because some people will go. A customer complaint is when they mail in a letter um, complaining. <laughs> so not even an email. Yeah. Others will obviously say it's an email. Some will say it's a phone call. Um, and, you know, at the extreme, some will say, well, if somebody said they didn't like the color of the, you know, of the, the tennis court, then, um, you know, that's a complaint. Yeah. Um, so I guess the first issue becomes what do we actually mean by mm. a customer complaint? But certainly, even if it's, you know, a verbal articulation of something that they've that they didn't like, there are, as this stat tells you, there are 26 other people that are not going to mention a word, but will not come back to you and not, you know, not not deal with you in the future, which is a pretty scary stat. I mean, if you ever did the the stats on how many complaints you get and then times that by 26, mm. et cetera, et cetera, I mean, it suddenly becomes a hell of a lot of people, basically. Yeah, I mean, it, on on a certain extent, to a certain extent, it's this kind of passive aggression. Like, why don't they? Why don't they tell me if there's a problem so I can fix it? The other side of it, though, is uh, why should they? Like, yeah. <laughs> your customers have far better stuff to do with their lives than you know talk to you. So, be grateful for the feedback you're getting uh, and recognize that you need to multiply that by more because there are more customers who are not talking to you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So so this leads on to the next stat, which is 70 percent, 70 percent of buying experiences are based upon how a customer feel, how the customer feels they are being treated. So 70 percent mm. of buying experiences are based upon how the customer feels they are being treated. So inter- interesting. And, and this is McKinsey. So the interesting thing here is it's it's. It, for me, it's not even saying that there is an issue, um, a, a real issue. It's how the customer uh, customer feels that there is an issue or feels the way that they are treated. So it may not be based upon fact. You may be able to prove that your delivery was um, was right. delivered on time or the phone call was answered on time or whatever, whatever, whatever. But the reality is, is, you know, if the customer feels that they are being um, they're not being treated properly, then, you know, that's not that's not good yeah perception is reality in this case yes absolutely absolutely um okay what what's the next one we've got seven out of um seven out of ten u.s consumer consumers say that they spent more money on doing business with a company that delivers a great customer experience so seven out of ten consumers say that they would spend more money on dealing with a customer that provides or a company that provides a, a great customer experience, which for me is, again, the whole reason, you know, why organizations should be be focusing on, on this stuff, mm-hmm. um, because people ultimately I, I don't know. You know, every time I go into a client, that's probably an exaggeration. Um, but, you know, all too often is probably a better way of saying it. Um, all too often people tell me that the key issue is price and it's never price. It's always about the experience that they, that they get. Yep. Okay. Next one. 
um, I particularly like, uh, and again, if you to do the math behind it, I think it's, you know, this is where you start really uh, pulling up the numbers. Um, um, it's anywhere between five to 20 ti 25 times more expensive to acquire a new customer than to keep uh, a current one. And that's a Harvard in the Harvard Business Review. So five to 25 times more expensive to acquire a new customer than to keep a current one. And I just am really surprised how uh, organizations, once they've got a customer, they don't treat them much better than they do. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that because this tends to be kind of a hidden cost to a lot of organizations, uh, you actually need to, to dig through and do some analysis to figure out how expensive it is to acquire customers, um, how hard it is to retain them. Because it's kind of hidden, um, I don't think firms treat it as seriously as they should. But yeah, those you know, when we talk about strategic assets of firms in business school, uh, a loyal customer base is a strategic asset. It's just it's cheaper to run business for happy customers. Um, and firms don't appreciate that often to the extent that they should. Yeah, and and the the classic for me is um, I, I've always thought the 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 cell phone mobile market has been the classic example of this for me, which is where you know um, when cell phones first came out um, and obviously all the companies were were um, in um, acquisition mode, you know the, all they were interested in was acquiring new customer mm. new customers. Uh, and, you know, constantly filling up the bucket, you know, you know, with new customers. And then guess what happened? The market reaches saturation and they discover they've got a bloody great hole in the bucket. Yeah. And, you know, they've got massive churn and, you know, people are leaving because of the poor service they get. So guess what? Suddenly improving the customer experience becomes important. Um, and they start going, well, hold on. If we were to actually provide a good experience, we could put a hole, we could, you know, patch up the hole in the bottom of this bucket and actually gain lots more people. And, but the challenge I think they then have is that the mindset of the organization, the culture of the organization is just constantly around acquisition. Mm. Um, and, 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 and I think the culture and that mindset is, is part of the killer that that that, that really causes organizations uh, massive massive problems. Well, I think it also exists in the minds of consumers too. So going back to this idea that perception can be reality, it is not always easy to turn around your um, customer experience perceptions on a dime. Even if you objectively can improve uh, overcoming these cultural issues. Um, people may not appreciate or may not want to give you another chance to prove that you have turned things around. So it is not costless to just kind of cavalierly enter the market with a, a terrible customer experience, figuring you can improve it later when you need to. Yeah. And I think there are two examples that I would give the, the from a sort of an acquisition perspective that I think causes problems to existing customers. One is, when people turn around and say, um, uh, you know, new customers get it for, I don't know, half price or 25% right. off, you know, and, and you've been a loyal customer and right. you're not being given that. Yeah. And the second one that I, that bugs me, bugs me to bits 
is the um, is particularly the insurance companies when they start going. Uh, so, for instance, um, um, back in the in the UK, when I go back there, we've got a breakdown insurance, and they put the bill up this year by about I don't know thirty percent, forty percent. I phoned them and just said, "Look, you know, uh, why is the bill gone up?" You know, I'm now thinking of going somewhere else. Guess what? They gave it to me at the, you know, the same price as last year. Yeah. But, uh, and it's just a question of not valuing the existing customers, um, which I, and the cost of that is, um, becomes, a, you know, a real drain on organizations. And they reckon five to 25%, uh, five to 25 times more expensive to, to acquire a new a new customer so you know just do the math it's it's incredible um okay let's move on to the next one so u.s consumers are willing to spend 17 percent more to do business with companies that deliver excellent customer service uh which is up by 14 percent um in the previous year um so again i guess just a you know a stat to go um, you know, there is a big market out there for improving your, your customer experience. The last one I'm going to share with you is organizations that lead on customer ex- uh, experience outperform laggards in the S&P index, um, mm. 500 index by, by nearly 80%. Wow. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's quite incredible that organizations that are, improving their experience and in fact there was another stat um um that that i saw of of a similar nature that was based over a period of uh uh, over a period of about 10 years so it included the great recession um that talked about the fact that if you're a customer experience leader then you know um um, then you're going to make more money and outperform the 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 laggards uh, and the in the S&P index um, by a great amount. This one says uh, 80, 80%. So, you know, doing this stuff clearly plays, pays dividends. Uh, 80% is, is massive. Uh, that a lot of these have not surprised me. That one, it surprises me at least in, in its magnitude. I, I mean, I wonder if some of that is, is due to maybe the ancillary benefits of, improving your customer experience. So yeah. if if you are an organization that is at the upper echelons of managing customer experience, it also suggests that you likely know a whole lot about your customers and the culture of the company is oriented towards, um, you know, providing customers with a great uh, um, experience and so therefore, you know, meeting their needs. And, and you know, I wonder if all of that just... It, orients your your company in such a way that you're going to be more responsive to customer needs and uh, and better on top of your market and all kinds of other good things. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think I think one of the things that I certainly find um, when we're working with uh, organizations that what they what they're looking at and what we've really been talking about has been acquisition and gaining customers. Okay, mm. what organizations don't talk about enough is the money they save. So if you look at this stat here, it talks about leading um, leading CX companies out, outperform the laggards. 
uh, in the S&P index, S&P index. So by definition, I guess we're talking about profit, share price, all that type of stuff. Um, so what we're looking at here, that the, the bit that gets underrated is the cost savings. Yeah. So um, I remember talking to a water company. We were doing some work with a water company. Um, and what we what we what we found out was that obviously making a you know the cost of a phone call uh, into their call center uh, i want to say is something like you know i won't give you the right figure but it was probably about five dollars or something like that three dollars mm-hmm. the cost of sending an engineer out to the customer i don't know thirty dollars forty dollars something like that yeah mm-hmm. so 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 clearly sending an engineer out is a big thing that costs a lot of money therefore making sure that when the engineer goes out the engineer knows exactly what the problem is they've got the right equipment to deal with the problem etc 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 becomes really important and guess what not only that is there's nothing worse than having the engineer turn up and them saying I'm sorry, I don't have the right tools. I'll come right. back tomorrow. And you go, yeah, but I took the day off and now I've got to have to take another day off. And yeah. so you're, you know, what am I saying? You're causing a poor experience, but it's also costing you a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. Um, we, we've just had a uh, cable. Uh, we've just moved cable providers. The amount of phone calls that we've had with the cable company to just get a correct bill yeah. is incredible and and the money i was i was saying to my wife the other day the money that that it's costing them just to get a correct bill whereas if they'd done it at the beginning they'd be much more profitable than than um than not yeah i, I think you're i think it's a great point right uh, it's another one of these easy to miss almost hidden expenses um that people don't focus on because it's not right in front of their face so they can focus on acquisition numbers those are easy to see uh in terms of the the hidden costs of customer experience or of of maintaining customers or regaining them that's much harder to calculate yeah so so certainly one of the things that i would i would recommend that um any of the listeners that are going through this I would, whenever we run a program, one of the things that we look at is creating that ROI at the top, uh, at the top of the program. And, and, and if you would just turn around and say, okay, we're going to, in the example I've just given, reduce the number of calls into the call center, uh, and we're going to, re- you know, reduce, uh, maybe we're going to increase the, uh, the call length because actually we need no more questions that we're going to ask the customer. Um, but, you know, therefore it means that the number of calls that the field engineer has to go out to is, 30, you know, 30% less. You can easily do the numbers uh, and really come up with a, uh, with a, with a, with a, a really good business case for the things that you've got to change. But in my experience, those don't get done uh, enough. I mean, even things like if you were to reduce the number of people in a call center, then how does that affect the, um, how does that affect the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, we now need to spend less money on recruitment. We now need to spend sure. less money on training. Um, you know, we now need to spend less money on benefits. 
start adding all those numbers up together and <clears throat> right. you know uh, it goes back to what i think should be the new phrase which is it's about the roi stupid right. um uh, and and start thinking of it from a much more business perspective i mean that so again I, and i don't have the stat on this but uh, i know that there's been research into and there's evidence that and it's not surprising that when employees deal with happier customers it makes their job more pleasant, and so there's less yep. turnover, right? So if you can focus on the customer experience so that uh, your customers are, are happier in general, then that has, again, again blowback benefits. These are kind of these multiplier effects of getting the customer experience right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I've never been involved in improving the customer experience that doesn't actually end up saving money. Um, that they, they all do because it, mm. you reduce the amount of complaints and the amount of um all, well all those things adding together so anyway um i hope that's been useful for for people today um if um uh, each time we do one of these blogs oh sorry each time we do one of these podcasts we end up um, writing a blog based on it as well so if you're interested in seeing some of these statistics uh, and some other statistics then then please read the blog um normally comes out about a week after we do this podcast um but um please remember it's about the roi stupid any last thoughts ryan colin has uh, invested in t-shirts that say that so <laughs> it's just going to be better for everyone if we get on board he's not going to let it go uh, good point well made in fact I, I just need to order, i need to order a larger t-shirt maybe i maybe i could get another word at the bottom of it if i do that it's <laughs> a good plan Good. Thanks very much, everybody, and uh, talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody. So this is Colin. I promise to be back with you at the end of the show. If you want to undertake our self-assessment and get a free report, simply go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash assessment. That's beyondphilosophy.com backslash assessment. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.